All right. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the second episode of the Ignorant Conversations podcast, a casual conversation between two friends about the books they read every week. This week, my good friend here has read a book called Hooked, and we shall be talking about that. Yeah, so as you guys know, uh, we'll be alternating, you know, the books that we discuss. Mm-hmm. And last week we covered a fiction book for you, and this time we brought nonfiction for you. So the book is called Hooked, uh, mm-hmm. How to Build Habit-Forming Products, and the author is Nir Isle. So he's someone who's worked in marketing for a long time and in the gaming industry. And he basically shares his insights and what he's learned over the years in those industries. We've got to make sure the consumer stays on as long as possible. Uh, maybe we can use some of those techniques that they teach in our podcast and make sure these guys stay on listening to us longer. Is that why you picked the book? <laughs> maybe. I mean, um, it, it may be a coincidence, but it's uh, I don't mind it. Let's just put it like that. Yeah, maybe we shouldn't be telling them, uh, you know, the secrets of this book. No, you know how sometimes if you tell consumers, then they feel like, hey, man, they can't get us. We know the tricks. Uh, you know, another layer of a trick. Anyways, let's get to it. I don't know about you, but I'm not that smart, man. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, likewise. Yeah, anyway. All right. So he starts off with like, the way he starts off is, you know, obviously the book wants to grab your attention. And he starts off by saying that they did a study and 79% of all smartphone owners, they check their device within 15 minutes of waking up every morning, right? So that's true. Yeah. And honestly, like, it's tough to you know go against this fact because really we're truly locked down and then he follows up with saying we're hooked you know essentially that's what it is so mm-hmm. we have this dependency or we associate the smartphone with so many of four innate needs let's say i use it for an alarm clock or you know searching google for anything or if you want visit you know emotional connection you have instagram and all of these things and the smartphone provides all of that for you so that's how essentialists become to your life mm-hmm yeah, so basically, he's come, he's brought everything down to something called the hooked model. Now, it has four parts, uh, and it, it seemed logical for sure. And you might say, okay, why did I buy a book to learn this? Uh, but, mm-hmm. you know, the way the book explains it with the examples in tech industry and within marketing, it, it's written fairly well. It's easy to read. It's uh, You can easily digest it. And I'd say it's very useful. Uh, I definitely recommend it. I know I'm recommending it right in the beginning, but just to put it out there. So so the way the hooked model works is that it has four parts to it. There's the trigger. So the trigger Mm -hmm. is basically like the spark plug, you know, something that causes you to initiate that action. Like, for example, let's say, you know, you get a a YouTube notification because you've checked the bell icon. Mm -hmm. And you get that notification, that's a trigger for you. It's something that starts the whole process for you. Okay, so one question I have is, so far you talked about how within the first 15 minutes of waking up, you go on your phone or you use it to set an alarm clock or anything. And all of the examples thus far, they're somehow technological. Can this hooked method be applied to non-technological things? The way he's written the book, you know, and the examples that he's chosen as you engaged, there's primarily regarding technological products. But mm-hmm. as I explained the hooked model, you'll realize that you know, these are things that you can use in other industries as well, and also in your own life. So it, it's set up in a way because essentially what the hooked model is, you can put any fancy names to it, but what it really boils down to what these firms have to do with their products is they're trying to find 
innate evolutionary emotional need of human beings and mm-hmm. somehow catering to that or evolving the product around that because at the end of the day it's a human desire and if you get to fulfill that desire vis-a-vis their products then you're mm-hmm. hooked right so that's basically right. what it is yeah so it should definitely work for other industries yeah so the hook model like i mentioned adds a trigger an action a variable reward and an investment the trigger is basically the spark plug you know something that starts the whole deal mm-hmm. then there's an action that you undertake let's say the trigger is you're on instagram you see someone put up a picture right it looks nice so that's the trigger now you feel like you want to put up a picture and you want to share something right right so yeah. so that, that's the action you take but that action that you take is you're kind of expecting a reward when you take that action let's say put up that picture and you're expecting some people to like it get some social validation or feel a little good about yourself right right yeah i hope and, so <laughs> yeah don't we all <laughs> yeah uh, then there's the variable reward so the variable reward is sort of like uh, we can take like say for example gambling so when mm-hmm. you go to the slot machine right so you pull the lever and you don't know what the reward is right so you're taking that action in anticipation of a reward but that reward is variable because you could get nothing or you could win the jackpot okay and that variable reward is something that you know speaks to the human mind and that's something that sort of like keeps you coming back for more yeah so the variable reward was what it basically does is that you know whenever you're expecting a reward mm-hmm. there's a surge in dopamine levels okay yeah yeah that's how they get you you know at the end of the day it's all about dopamine that's the drug man that's how they man. worse than cocaine i'll tell you that <laughs> i'll take your word for it I mean, no, I haven't done it. <laughs> My mother's listening, man. Jesus Christ. No, no. Love it. So <laughs> the last thing, the last thing was investment. And investment is like the investment the consumer is putting into this. You know, you put money into it, you put some time into it. Mm-hmm. So the more you invest into it, uh, the more likely you are to cycle through this. For example, you're playing a game, you know, a stake. What's your favorite game? Age of Empires, right? I have a love, like a love-hate relationship, but yeah, I play that a lot. Okay, let's just take Age of Empires then. So there's definitely a learning curve to the game. You yeah, know, there's some strategies, some basic tactics. You've got to learn yeah. about the units. Yeah. Yeah. So when you invest that time into it, you know that's an investment on your part. You put like a couple of hours into it, so you're more likely to continue down that path because you made that initial investment, and otherwise it'll seem like uh, just a cost to you. By the way, that's like. One of the main reasons I still play. It's just because I've played so much. I know so much about it. I mean, it's like, yeah, whatever. Might as well do it. No, absolutely. I understand that I have more than 1,200 hours in CSGO. And it's just that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and it's the same map. Ruster, whatever. Yeah, it's like the same play, same thing. But, you know, you know, like, it, it's yeah. Dust too, actually. Oh, please. Dust. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to all the CSGO. OG. I mean, you know, they, actually, we could do, maybe if we can read. Maybe we can read more books on gaming and we can do an analysis on one of these games and how they managed to hook you for so long. Because CSGO is one of those games that just refuses to die. Yeah, and you know, I was thinking about it as soon as you said CSGO. Well, one thing that I, I, I want to ask is, okay, so this is all about the drug dopamine, right? He knows about the power of dopamine and caters to the need our like need to obtain dopamine so does he draw a line between where it is manipulation of the human need to acquire dopamine and where and the other side being it's just a great product it's a great design 
for him, actually, he does explain it nearing the end. Once he's explained how these companies use it, he has a chapter on whether you're really solving lead or you're creating an addiction. And uh, he has a matrix that he set up and he explains that, you know, he tries to guide you through it and he tries to tell you about the line and mm-hmm. what there's a difference between nudging people to utilize something versus peddling something, you know, like a drug, you're peddling this product. So he right. says that there's a difference between like utility creation and peddling. So he does talk about it, which is something I appreciate because he's very open about these tactics that companies use, you know, just trying to narrate and explain what it is that they use and what it is they're trying to accomplish. Uh, but nearing the end, uh, you know, as you've asked, he does definitely cover this. So, but I'm not going to be discussing that because it will take too long. But I definitely, okay. like, this is one of the reasons I recommend the book as well. Because, you know, he has a sense to kind of make clear that, yeah, this is definitely something that could be used in the wrongful manner and why you shouldn't use it in such a manner. Yeah, it's, I, I guess it's something like a video game just being a great game or using all of these microtransactions or getting people hooked to just, you know, keep like FIFA or something. Absolutely. Uh, I hate FIFA. Yeah, exactly. There you go. (laughs) Yeah, there's not much difference year on year. You know, what do you call the purist will tell you otherwise, like, you know, Messi's left foot is 30% more efficient. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I don't, I, I don't believe it. Uh, you know that actually. Now that we're talking about it, like I've covered the hooked model, but this FIFA thing reminds me. Mm-hmm. There's this one thing that he talks about uh, near. Mm-hmm. He talks about how, like, one of the things that companies will try to do is, what they're trying to do is that they're trying to get someone really hooked, and they're going to get that person to become. He calls it brand evangelist. Right. Oh God. So basically, yeah. So basically, they end up becoming like megaphones for your company, and they bring in new u- new users at no cost. Right. So what you're trying to do is you're going to try to use these tactics to get a few people to become your brand evangelists, who are then going to sort of like you know recommend friends, bring friends in. Uh, which yeah. you guys who are all listening should do. Terrible go door to door. Have you heard about the wise words of Jesus Christ? You know, or, uh, <laughs> two guys on the podcast there. <laughs> hey man, like a couple of shameless plugs are all right. Yeah. Anyways, all good. Um, yeah. So, th- so you know that's the way companies work, and that's fair because at the end of the day, you don't want to spend too much, like. The amount of money that you spend on marketing is money you can spend on operations and more importantly, money that's not going into your pocket. What they really want to do is they want to get a bunch of people, you know, hooked onto this and then they're spreading the word for you. I mean, that that's like the holy grail. You manage to do that. And if that's your entire marketing, you're set, which is why Uber and all of these people, they have this, uh, you know, they have these referral programs. Because mm-hmm. that ends turns out to be a lot more effective in getting people, because, as opposed to you know just putting discounts or something of that sort. So referrals yeah. are a big thing in the industry, and it works because there's a human connection. You recommend it to a friend, you know your friend's more likely to use it if you recommend it, and so on and so forth. Hmm, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so basically they piggyback over off of our trust to make money off of us clever it is very clever but for some reason i guess that's just i can't just help but look at it as like 
they understand how people get hooked onto things and then they just yeah. create like a vicious cycle and profit from that cycle yeah i think i think that's what like you know that's the fine line there like there's a difference between you know when you're just trying to get people to stay on as long as possible so you can make money off of them versus you know something that you truly think this is a good product and you're just right. using some of these tactics to get more viewership or consumers let's say yeah yeah and, and it makes sense for companies like he talks about if you have a product if we take two competitors in the industry if there's a product that changes a customer's routines that's that's a product that's far less susceptible to attacks from other companies you know one thing is hey look i do the same thing that product b does but i'm cheaper right if product b becomes cheaper or becomes better quality you have you're able to switch to that product but what if what i provide changes your routine entirely let's say instagram it's a new medium right mm-hmm. that's something that people were not used to doing or facebook you know like there was myspace i think or friendster i want to say friendster <laughs> I, I think I that's what it was i don't know yeah <laughs> but essentially what it does is it it changes your daily routine to a different thing now that's something that's far tougher to you know compete over and that's essentially why they're trying to do this so what would be an example of a successful company for doing that is there like a or like an epitome of this model um i'd say instagram is definitely one of them but it doesn't necessarily uh, need to be a social media one uh for example you know there's certain rewards that human beings seek he talks mm-hmm. about the three rewards that are like like the three reasons why would you would do you would seek rewards is like there's a tribal instinct like something mm-hmm. to be you want to be part of the tribe which mm-hmm. is sort of like you know how you notice that people do reviews of sites on google or mm-hmm. let's say one of those restaurant review sites and they get yep. nothing out of it you know like no one's like hey here's five dollars for doing it there's no monetary gain um, yeah but they do it because they want to feel like they're part of a tribe because if you get like a hundred thousand upvotes let's say uh then you were beneficial to the tribe so to speak or you were a party to that reviewer tribe uh so that's something that people sort of like look forward to you know the more you talk about this model the more i think about disney yeah disney because that's like a tribe as well they try to associate you as part of like the disney viewership or like the yeah. 90s kids who watched all the original disney's shows yeah, and- Yes, and also how successful they've been with their Marvel products. I mean, think about it. Uh, that's actually true. Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, yeah, definitely. That's something that they've managed to achieve on a very large scale. With their Marvel products, with their Star Wars, Disneyland. I mean, I'd say it's it's even more powerful than uh, Instagram or Facebook or whatever. Yeah, they've been very successful at it. And I think, like, you know, part of that is that they create these, um, they maintain the associations that you have with it. Like, they'll create good products, let's say, something that they bring to you into your childhood. And then they're going to, like, let's say, do a second movie or a third video. And they're going to use your nostalgia as the base emotion to kind of yeah. take you back to it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, besides the tribe, he also talks about the self it's also a reward for example you're playing a video game let's say i mean mm-hmm. counter strike is the one i've played the most 
So when you want to rank up in the game, you know, that's a, that's something you're doing for yourself, you know, an increase in skill, an increase in level. Uh, so that's a hunt that you want, you know, personal satisfaction in that sense. So that's something companies will try to do as well, like put these variable scales, you know, sort of like a ladder that you have to keep on climbing. And each time you climb this ladder that has actually no real significance to your day-to-day life, you know, you feel better. Hey, I'm like on the second rung of the ladder, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it doesn't really make any difference. Yeah, I mean, it's a fictitious ladder. There's no real gain out of it. But that's really it, and it works. That's the striking thing. It just works so well. Actually, you know what's the funny thing? I mean, yeah. CSGO or in a video game, I understand, like, trying to move up the ranks, so to speak. But one yeah. thing that is absolutely hilarious is a Reddit. You use Reddit, right? Yeah, absolutely. Reddit gold? <laughs> that doesn't give you anything. It, it doesn't really, it, it literally, like, what the hell is that? There's no rank, there's nothing. And somehow, like, every time I look at Karma or Reddit Gold, I'm like, what the hell is that? Like, I don't care if I have it or not. But then I see somebody getting, like, getting gilded, or as that's what they say. I'm like, why don't I get one? You know, I make a comment. Nobody likes me. Yeah, it's like you're, you're giving gold because you can wow. give people gold. Yeah. And I'm just like, why, why don't they give it to me? I, I'm, I, I, I'm funny, right? Come on. Actually, that's a that's a terrific example because it tackles all of it. You know, you want to be beneficial to that tribe, and then there's the self there. Like you want, like you know, you're funny. You want that. Yeah. And uh, lastly, they create scarcity, I guess, because there's not so because it's expensive, so not many people will you know, yeah. want to pay yeah. Reddit so much money for gold. So it exactly. creates scarcity, and you know how humans are. If it's scarce. Love it. We want it. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, uh, and also in this book, you know, uh, there was this one quote in the book. I don't recall who's the person who said it, but it's quite nice. So I'm going to share it here, regardless. Okay. He says that the ultimate goal of a habit-forming product is to solve the user's pain by creating an association, so that the user identifies the company's product or service as the source of relief. Oh so, God! <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Uh, you know that's how these guys think, you know, and uh, it's it it works so well because if you think about it, like let's say you need social interaction, it mm-hmm. requires you to let's say go out, meet people, whatever else. But if you can, if you can remove those steps, you know, going out, making friends, whatever else, and taking a shower. Like... <laughs> yeah, yeah, taking a shower, putting on fresh clothes, all of that. And uh, you remove all those steps, and you, that's it. You're on Instagram or on Reddit, and you can have the same connections. You've solved the user's relief. Like, you've given him relief from an immediate pain, which is some social interaction. And uh, that's really what it is, and it works so well. And, yes, I recall now who said it. He's one of the co-founders of both Twitter and Medium. Are you aware of Medium? No. It's like this blog blogging website so to speak oh you could take it like that it's quite successful but then that's really what it is you know so this is a guy who's created something like twitter and medium sort of Mm -hmm. similar mediums no pun intended Uh, but (laughs) they both do tackle that (laughs) they both do tackle that thing that he's referring to so i guess what we're trying to do here what is the pain that we're trying to relieve for the listeners of this podcast maybe it's the pain of reading the books that's what we're doing no, but you got to take it down deeper, right? So these guys, you don't stop there. 
There's a pain in reading the books, but why do they want to read the books? Well, maybe they want to learn what's in the books without having to read them. Or maybe they want to show off, like, be like, oh, yeah, I know about this book. Oh, I don't perfect. know. Yeah, so those are two things, right? So yeah. one is the knowledge-seeking, which right. boils down to human curiosity, right? Yeah. Uh, the second is, you know, showing off, which comes down from a need to feel important. So those are the two base emotions here then. You know, the need to feel important and curiosity. So if we manage to tackle both of those, I think we're golden. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. You know, anybody who, who was like, you know, maybe I'll give these guys a shot, probably at this point, they'll be like, you know, it's screw you guys, man. Hey, you know. <laughs> yeah, but we're honest about it. Hey, listen, guys, look, better us than Apple or one of those guys. Like, come on. Let's... Yeah, that's true. Buy local. Even your addiction. Buy local. Even buy local. It's the local weed, man. You know what I'm saying? It's not that yeah. international stuff. It's the local stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think it works. But it, to be honest, you know, that's really what it is. But, and, and it works because, you know, if you think about whether you, why you want to read, the, the way you boil it down, it makes perfect sense. You know, it's sort of a human curiosity, which is an yeah. evolutionary need because there's so many things that are detrimental to human's health. If we did not have a curiosity to learn, I don't think civilization would have progressed as far as it did. 100%. What, yeah. what animal do you think is the least curious animal there is? The least curious? Yeah. Okay. Um, and, some, and somehow they've made it this far. I'd say alligators. Alligators? Yeah, they do nothing. I mean, they, their main, like, the coolest thing they do is they just stay still until someone walks <laughs> enough to eat. And they're still the rest of the day, too, so it's not really... Like, they're yeah, really they, they, they wait for their food to come. That's next level. I guess that's fair, too. That's fair. Or, or maybe sloth. Yeah, you know, I was thinking that, but I thought that be, might be, like, too on the nose. So I thought, yeah, I know. So maybe you can think of it like this. For example, alligators, right? I mean, these guys have been pretty much similar for like hundreds of thousands of years. Yeah. And the, what they do is they learned a long while ago that animals will come seeking water. So as right. long as they stay in the water, they're golden. And which is what they did. Like, you don't <laughs> see alligators. You don't see alligator species that have evolved eventually over a millennia to like flying or like yeah, yeah. totally on land. It's uh, yeah. that that's really what it is. They just they realize the essential need of animals and they're playing to it. If anything, alligators are the marketing managers of the animal world. Yeah, and the most efficient ones by far. <laughs> Maybe we should be looking at the animal world instead, instead of technology companies to understand. You know, how to hook people onto something. Yeah, and and you know, you might even uh, find even better results. I mean, if you're catering to biological needs at this point. Yeah, that's true. Let's, absolutely. Let's, let's look at more biology then. Maybe you know what? Okay, let's do it. Up next, guys, we're gonna be studying biology. Look at that. Yeah, yeah, the <laughs> behavior of ants. I think actually, you know, that, that's quite uh, deep. <laughs> the, don't you like, go to war or something? Yeah, there is something. I watched this YouTube video once. I think it's by, uh, I forget the channel is because it's German and I can't pronounce that for my life. Kurskazat. 
I want to say. And it talks oh, about how... yeah, yeah. Great channel, by the way. Yeah, that's true. No, no doubt. Or you can, or you can just, if you want to spare yourself the trouble of print, like typing that, just write in a nutshell, I think. I think that's, yeah. One of those two, yeah. they explain about like the ant wars. And it's quite exciting, but for maybe for another episode. Now, you know, I told you the basic hooked model and, you know, somehow how they use emotions and how human beings work to kind of sell you a product and why it works so well. And we discussed a little bit about, you know, uh, reading books and how it's sort of similar. Like you can break down any need, anything that you do down to these base emotions. And if you can mm-hmm. capture or associate your product with the base emotions, then, you, then you're sort of set in this, which is what they try to do. Now, there is one other thing, you know, uh, he talks about, uh, this is the part where we can use this model sort of to like fix your life. Not fix your life, but for example, de-hook yourself or hook yourself to something that's more beneficial. Let's say you want to exercise daily, you want to study daily, uh, mm-hmm. anything of that sort, whatever it is that brings you joy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but not drugs. Don't do drugs, guys. Don't do that. Don't do that. Okay. So uh, there's a psychologist. His name is Fogg. Fogg, yeah, F-O-G-G. Oh, okay. And he talks about, you know, if you want somebody to undertake an action or if you want, like, to be able to take an action, you need three things. You need the motivation to take that action. You need to have the ability to be able to take that action. And finally, there should be some trigger to undertake that action. And he gives the example of a cell phone, actually. And he says that, you know, let's say there's a cell phone. It rings and you pick it up, right? So that's an action that you've undertaken. Or let's say you get a call and it's from an unknown number and you think it's some telemarketer. So you don't pick it up uh, because you don't have a motivation to pick it up at that time. Yeah, yeah. And then he, it's sort of simple, but he gets the point across. Uh, And then he says, let's say the phone is like, deep in your like bag or something or really far away and the phone rings and then you don't have the ability because it's not immediately next to you so you don't have the ability to pick it up so to speak and the last is the trigger which is like if your phone's on silent and you don't hear it then you're not likely to pick it up so you're unlikely to you know undertake that action and that's basically how he explains it but the way one can use it is like i read some other reviews of the books as, of the book as well and this is what i understood and if you take these three things and it causes you to take an action, so let's say you're addicted to something, I don't know, mm-hmm. maybe you're addicted to junk food or, you know, cola. Uh, for me, like, as I mentioned, I had a thousand hours in CSGO. And, well, uh, I mean, let's not start calling it addiction, man, because if that's the case, and, like, I need severe rehab for my video gaming addiction. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think you're in denial because it's, because it just oh, come might on, be true. Man. No, it just won't be true because, you know, I had, I had over a thousand hours in CSGO and I kid you not, I uninstalled that game 16 times until oh I finally let it go. Yeah, that bad. And, uh, you know, I didn't know it at the time, but that's basically what I was doing, right? The reason I un- uninstalled it is that it takes a long time to reinstall the game. So if I if I uninstall it each time my friends call me and I have to reinstall it, that's 40 minutes gone and that's like a game missed. Yeah. So it, yeah. so what it do, what it does is like first of all like yeah okay I'm crazy motivated to play and I can't change that because I enjoy the game and I'm playing with friends. I'm not saying CS:GO is a bad thing, but I've just been putting too many hours at the time and I wanted to stop. 
Right. Yeah. Because I'm back into it again. You know, just, <laughs> just putting. Add <it> <laughs> more steam, boys. <laughs> man. Hey man, it's a great game. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Anyways, <laughs> this isn't an advertisement for CS:GO, so I'm going to tell you how to avoid it. All right, we're not getting paid for this. We're not getting paid for it. But if no. Valve or Gabe wants to. Oh well, I mean, I'm not going to say no to that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways, the point I was trying to make is that okay, so you'll definitely be motivated to continue playing that game, right? No doubt, because you're playing it, you're prancing on it, and it brings you joy. Yeah, definitely. So if you so if you remove the ability, you know, like it takes forty minutes to reinstall that, your ability to instantly get on the game has drastically reduced. Boom. Yeah. That's something that you've taken away and it it's unlikely to result in the same action. So the less times you cycle through the same action, the less likely it has to become a habit. Because to become a habit you need it needs to be there needs to be utility to that action or service or product, whatever, and also frequency. So as long as you right. break that frequency of that bad habit, then it works out in your favor. So what I did is I uninstalled it, and then you know there was a time lag to start it, so I removed the ability. And then we had a WhatsApp group for friends, but then a WhatsApp group specifically for CSGO. And right. each time a message would come there, I'd want to play it, right? So that's the trigger. So I left from that group as well. Even then, it took me a long while to let go of CSGO at that time. But that's essentially what I did. You know, the motivation I couldn't touch, I'm motivated to play it. So I removed the, my ability to instantly join, and I removed the trigger aspect of it. And lo and behold, after 17 uninstalls, <laughs> uh, I was successful for a couple of years. For a couple of years, that's pretty good. Actually, yeah, dude, I didn't play for about two and a half years. Uh, wow. I only recently got, yeah, I only recently got back into it. Hey man, it's the quarantine period, you know. It's not, that's really what it is. That's why we're doing this, guys. It's the quarantine. It's not it's the, the quarantine. Yeah, it's not. It's not. It's not our need for attention. No. Yeah, or curiosity for that matter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah, but like, it, it looks like I need to get a little bit creative. Uh, you know, how to stop playing Age of Empires? That game is like five hundred megabytes or something. Oh damn. Oh uh, yeah. It's, <laughs> But that's overall. So that's basically the book. To be honest, like I'd like your opinion on it. You know, last time when we you covered a book, I got your opinion on whether you know you is something that you'd read or what you thought about it. Like just a you know small summary of whether you'd be interested in reading it. Then I'll give my rating. Okay. Well, I mean, from what you've told me, I would be interested in reading. I would be interested in reading it. I mean, what I do like about this book, it seems like it is offering one thing that is applicable to many things i mean if you're a, if you want to start your own company and and design a product i guess this is the book for you but more so i would read it for just the sake of understanding addiction to you know as is commonly known to drugs or something but not to that maybe to more practical things in our lives like a smartphone or movies or music or games that's great, man. I'm glad you enjoyed it. <laughs> to be honest, I really enjoyed it as well. Like, I give it a solid eight. You know, I'm a just, solid uh, eight. Yeah, yeah definitely. Good. Like, maybe even leaning a bit towards nine because it's just easily digestible and it's written well. And it's not, you know, sometimes you read these books and it's a lot of, uh, I don't want to say gibberish, but it's, I guess, trying too hard. Yeah, they. It, it looks like they're uh, trying to cover their lack of content by using fancy words. 
Yeah, essentially. But this isn't like that. And there's, you know, I haven't covered a lot of examples, but the book for, with each thing, it provides a lot of examples like Pinterest, Instagram, Facebook, Google, Twitter, you name it. And they call alligators. Uh, not those. Those are, that's a this, that's a ignorant conversation original. You know, so you can only get those kind of examples. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it's definitely a good book, and uh, I'm happy to be able to cover it here. So well, I've um, been happy to listen yeah. to it. Honestly, that's good, man. I'm happy too. So then, uh, what do you have planned for us for next week? You will be doing next week, so maybe you can oh. give the view. Well, I mean, I uh, I feel like this is going to be, uh, we're going to have a smooth transition into next week. Because next week I'll be talking about the cynic philosophy that began in ancient Greek, which is not the conventional definition of cynicism that, you know, we're familiar to nowadays, which is just being skeptical or not liking things. But it was more like a way of living. Uh, and is it is, in a way, essentially, how to get de-hooked on pleasure i'm looking forward to hearing your review on it it's been a while since i read philosophy so it would be lovely to get back into it yeah i've been i've been on that for a while and and it's pretty good so i think i think it's going to be fun connecting this week and next week okay that sounds amazing and as always guys uh you know feel free to comment you know any improvements you want within the show or any books you'd like us to read you know right now we're just sort of uh, reading what we read in our general daily life and putting yeah. out our opinions on it. But we're open to reading anything anyone suggests. So, and thanks for listening to us. Yeah, thank you very much, guys. Uh, hopefully, talk to you all next week.